Dun 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 This is the I Read Star Wars Comic Books Special Edition Episode 2. I'm Kara Shamborski here with Brian Murray. Hello. And today we are going to be talking about the prose book Alphabet squadron and the tie in comic book star wars <laughs> tie fighter <laughs> so brian how do how do you tie in a comic book and a novel well if i've learned anything from this experience uh you tell people that it's a tie-in <laughs> and that's all you have to do yeah. Um, okay. So for again, full full spoilers. So we're talking about this because the the idea of creating a novel and then also having a sort of parallel comic book really did appeal to me. And mm-hmm. this is like a concentrated effort to explore a piece of Star Wars timeline that we don't really know a lot about yet. So. The book Alphabet's Squadron, and I, as an aside, Brian, you must know that I am thinking so hard about the correct way to pronounce squadron every time I say it, because my instinct is to say squadron, <laughs> and, and I just, I just can't stop. I am just always going to want to say it that way. So yeah, so, so Alphabet Squadron, <laughs> Alphabet Squadron, <laughs> so uh, uh, Alphabet Squadron takes place almost immediately following the end of Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And we are going through the story through uh, following the narrative of this new character named Erica Quell, who was an Imperial pilot and has defected as part of like a second wave of imperial defections and she's recruited by the new republic intelligence agency burgeoning i guess would be a more generous way of put it to uh target her former imperial tie fighter squad which is called the shadow squadron And so we kind of go through there exploring what it was like to be a former Imperial during this weird moment of the Empire is falling and we're trying to reconcile all of this. Yeah, and it is it is definitely good to it's good to get that that viewpoint, right? Because that that is an interesting way to observe the Star Wars universe. Normally, we just see it from the eyes of people who are good and have been good and will continue to be good or in Han Solo's case, chaotic neutral, Mm. but it's, it's, it's cool to see somebody regretting what they've done in star Wars. Well, the character of Erica Quell, I actually found really compelling because as you find out more about her, you realize just how sort of normal she is. And I say normal because, you know, it's, Star Wars is very much a a fantasy story where there's good and evil and you know who the good guys are, you know who the bad guys are, and you're rooting for the good guys and they're always going to do the right thing. But Erica Quell 
we find out, joined the Imperial Academy with the original thought to like get the skills there and then defect to the rebellion. But once she got into the Imperial stuff, she was just kind of like, eh, this is fine. And just kind yeah. of stayed there. No one and is like, immune to propaganda. Well, I don't think it was so much a propaganda thing as for her. It was just her being like, oh, this is fine. This is like for my day-to-day life. This is this is okay. And so she just kind of like went with the flow, which I think a lot of people realistically do do during wartime. You just kind of see what's happening. And if it seems good enough, you're like, okay. So her kind of reflecting on that and now being like continuing to be ambivalent while working for the new Republic, you just kind of see how she's just still going with the flow and is like, all right, this is, this works, I guess. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting to hear a little bit more about this operation cinder that she defected because the emperor or maybe not because of she defected during operation cinder when it's just the emperor's way of saying if i can't have it nobody can and just a plan to destroy a bunch of important or valuable planets um, which is actually explored in the star wars battlefront 2 video game for consoles and pc um i haven't actually played it so i'm not really sure what the story is there but i know that that is kind of what that's about so you, so we do know a little bit more about how like this book does explore the sort of the people wondering why did this operation happen? Why did people actually go through with it? And what was the emperor's goal? And I have to wonder now that we've seen some trailers for Rise of Skywalker that hint very strongly that the emperor emperor Palpatine will have a role in it. Um, if this book is supposed to be some sort of foreshadowing for Rise of Skywalker, because there's like a lot of cryptic stuff about the Emperor and how even though he has died, his presence is still very much felt. Yeah, and I think that there is there's a droid that the uh, what do they call her grandmother? Yes, has uh, I, I forget what the actual character's actual name was, but she has this droid that like showed up and conveyed to her the emperor's last wishes or something like that. And you see that in the video game as well. It's this droid that has like a hologram of the emperor's face in its hood, which is creepy as all hell. Terrifying. Yeah. And apparently there's a bunch of them out there. So that that's one possibility for what we're experiencing with the rise of Skywalker is it could be one of those emperor bots. My money's on Force Ghost. (laughs) Listeners might be wondering, Karen, Brian, why are you talking so much about this book? We're here to talk about comic books. Well, friend, I'm glad you asked because the the tie-in for this novel is Star Wars TIE Fighter, which was a miniseries that follows Shadow Squadron uh, actually before the events of Alphabet Squadron. Which was a little confusing to me because while going through the book, there were a lot of moments where I did think we were going to see some scenes from Shadow Squadron's perspective, mm-hmm. especially because the characters in Alphabet Alphabet Squadron go out of their way to like give nicknames to certain TIE fighters. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, are we going to find out who Blink and Char are now? Um, 
but I was a little disappointed because, again, this this comic takes place before Alphabet Squadron, which uh, was a little confusing to me because the book was published first, or I think concurrently with the single issues coming out, but TIE Fighter, the comic trade was only released in October. So, yeah. so like a couple issue, a couple single issues had come out before Alphabet Squadron, mm-hmm. and then it wrapped up after the release of Alphabet Squadron. So I think I was, as you, as you, uh, so snidely yet accurately remarked earlier. <laughs> Snide <I> would, but <laughs> accurate. That's me to a T, man. I would have expected a little more overlap between the two stories. In the TIE Fighter comic, we do see some of the characters that we end up meeting in the book. Um, so it so it is interesting to kind of see, because like later in the book, Erica Quell t- like reveals a little bit more about um, one of the majors of the squadron who is a huge influence to her. And we find out, spoilers, is the reason that she ended up defecting. And uh, he's got some some big plans by the end of the book because this is supposed to be a trilogy for some reason. And uh, so we see him very briefly in the TIE Fighter comic. Uh, the character grandmother that Brian mentioned, she's, a, I think, a colonel. She's like the, the top dog of Shadow mm-hmm. Squadron. And she is definitely a presence in the comic book also. But then most of the TIE Fighter characters that we meet uh, are ones that we don't necessarily encounter at all in Alphabet Squadron. So I'm not sure like how much overlap there might have been in characters between the two books or maybe in a sequel to Alphabet Squadron if we'll find out more about which TIE fighters are, uh, which uh, pilots are actually in the fighters. But... um I, I did think that it was interesting that we saw an imperial perspective through this comic that wasn't necessarily like, haha, we're all mustache twirling villains. And it was a little more like, ah, oh, fucking separatists again, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like, it was very humanizing, especially for like the low level people in the empire. The, the ones who, you know, probably don't have the full story and who are just trying to do their best. Like when I mean, we get the the and I I'm sorry, I can't remember any of the characters' names. It's but fine. the one guy who was talking to his grandmother about how he's like the seventh generation of his family to be Republic pilots. And he's like, No, grandma, it's the Emperor Empire now. And she's like, Yeah, who gives a shit what you call it? It's <laughs> I loved her, by the way. Yeah, uh, she was terrific. Yeah, there I, I think one of the uh, challenges of these both of these tie-ins is that it was like terrible joke an alphabet soup of characters <laughs> you just kept finding out about more and more characters and i'm like okay but which ones are the ones that i need to pay attention to because there's a lot in here yeah i definitely there looking through your notes on this episode you mentioned somebody named kairos who i have completely forgotten about uh, um okay so kairos is a character in alphabet squadron and she she's one of the pilots but she's wearing a mask the whole time and she doesn't say anything and as a consequence 
you don't really know anything about her at all, except there's this like one sub chapter where all of a sudden it's from her point of view and she's like super angry about people not listening to the emperor or something. So I think the author was trying to get at a whole like the big reveal is that she's actually an imperial extremist and she's now like in a in a sleeper's position in this new republic squad but it's like so small compared to the rest of what's happening in the book that i am like 80 percent sure i hallucinated it at all (laughs) that's right because she was the one who was always like we don't know what her deal is but she's very scary yes that was it right yeah um there was i just okay so i really I really, really, really wanted to like this book and this comic. And there were parts of both of them that I liked. But overall, I was bored and confused. And that's frustrating to me because I'm like, I've put my time and money into uh, consuming this media. So I would like to be entertained. And I was sort of entertained at parts. But overall, I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of with you, Brian. Like, I don't remember people's names because we're not really given a reason to. And yeah, yeah. It, was not, it was not an impactful experience. Yeah, but uh, I will say about the the comic book that it would be really easy to be confused during the space battle scenes. But I thought that the art team did a really good job of letting you know, like what the action was, who was in each TIE fighter and like that was that was one of the least confusing aspects of this reading journey. Yeah, and the the way they drew sort of the ghostly tie pilot helmets over their faces when they were in the cockpit, I thought was just a nice touch. Yeah, the comic had some really great moments. I think I think my critique for the comic is that I actually wanted it to be longer and overlap more with the plot of Alphabet Squadron. Yeah, 100%. Like there, I, I I was just kind of waiting. Like I just like I see so many places where both of these books and them as a cohesive unit could have worked better. Like the characters and Alphabet Squadron were interesting. You just couldn't really tell because the writer kept like shoveling in a bunch of extra like nonsense around them. Like like one of the okay, so one of the characters' names who I actually remember because it's like so monosyllabic it's so star uh, wars so star wars um chaz nachatic uh and chaz is like she's she's a female pilot she's got like green hair i think and she loves listening to music while she's fighting which f- cool fine uh-huh. but um the writer would like go into detail about exactly what kind of song she was selecting for like every single time she changed the song and i'm like bruh i don't need to know none of this information is relevant to me and you're distracting me from the action at hand and it like, doesn't mean anything because none of these are genres we have on earth <laughs> <laughs> so there is just ooh if if okay i will say this if you are a reader who does want to know little nitty gritty stuff like that to get a a more um uh let's be generous here and say a tolkien-esque reading experience you can go ahead and read this book but i did feel like you almost couldn't see 
the forest for the trees at certain points. Like when we, so okay, again, full spoilers. When we get towards the end of Alphabet Squadron, uh, they're attacking the Shadow Squadron like stronghold, and all of a sudden everything's on fire. Like an entire planet is on fire, and. I like didn't notice that that was happening because so many other details were happening. And like if a whole planet's on fire, everyone should be freaking out, but instead it was more just like what? Everyone's what? Yeah, that that detail that should have got been much more important than the other details was just kind of thrown at you with a handful of other things. And so it didn't really stand out the way it should have. I guess it. I guess I could be generous and make the argument of the author wanted to reflect the uh, chaos and fog of war. But um, I, as a reader, should know if all of a sudden everything's burning. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate your continued attempts at generosity. It makes me feel more comfortable about being kind of a prickly bastard about it. I have to be. I have to give people the benefit of the doubt or else what are we even doing here? <laughs> um, uh, I, I, you, are, you are right. Like we're not trying to dunk unduly on these books. Like we're just, there's there's so much potential that I don't think yeah. these books lived up to. And I think that's why it, it hurts so much. No one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. There is so much in here that's good and could be expanded on, but I felt like they expanded on the, things that weren't as interesting and it's a shame yeah and there's the... sorry go ahead and there's some there's some uh like i'm like i'm just mad because it could have been so good and i also have some further questions so uh so uh brian and i have both seen and loved uh star wars clone wars and star wars rebels and one uh the characters in star wars rebels who you also meet in uh new dawn i think was the book's name is harrison dola and you get to hear for general Sindola being called during rogue one um but uh so harris shows up in alphabet squadron and she's a general and you find out that she was at endor and she actually has kind of a big role towards the end of this book but they like don't mention stuff about her that would be really important to know. Like, where's her kid? Yeah. At no, at no point do they mention her kid, and I'm like, um, should I be worried? Is he at like New Republic daycare? Yeah. Did he die, and she's just not talking about it? Did we forget that she has a child? Like, what? Where is this adorable little? half Twi'lek, half human toddler dicking right? around. <laughs> like, I'm I'm concerned now. Like, where is this kid? Well, Jason. They named him Jason, right? Oh, I forgot. I just know that he had green hair, and I was like, ooh, is that how those genetics would combine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Wars doesn't know, and Star Wars doesn't care. <laughs> Star Wars, I want you to be better. <laughs> so if you were gonna, if you were gonna fix... Alphabet Squadron and TIE Fighter, how would you do it? Okay. Um, I would make TIE Fighter overlap with Alphabet Squadron at the very least for um, the parts where 
we're seeing um, the character whose name is Will. Mm-hmm. Will Lark. So Will Lark is one of the pilots on Alphabet Squadron. And he is, prior to joining Alphabet Squadron, he's part of another squadron who is basically obliterated, except for him, by Shadow Squadron. And there's this, like, one of the most impact, like, memorable parts of Alphabet Squadron for me is when Will and his former squad are kind of drifting through this weird, like, galactic mist. It's like a nebula or something. Yeah, so they're basically, like, in stasis waiting for visibility to get better, and they're just, like, chilling and talking on their comms, and he just, like, flips open his comm to be, like, an open channel to, like, everything around, and he's basically like, hey, Shadow Squadron, um, we're getting bored and we're betting you're getting bored too. So I don't know. Somebody tell me something. Surprise me. And then there's like radio silence for a while. And then one of the Shadow Squadron people does reply and is basically like, you're going to die here, Will Lark. And I was like, oh, so when I was reading the book, I was expecting that moment to be shown to us in the TIE Fighter comic, but from uh-huh. the Imperial perspective, like who said that to him? I would like to know. And then yeah. you could see like what was the tie chatter going on at the same time while Will and his buddies were chatting. Like that would have been a really interesting perspective shift, but they just didn't do it. Why not, Brian? I don't know, but that's that that's the exact same scene that I had in my head. Of just like how good it'd be to like find out which one of them was being such an a-hole to Will Lark. Right? Like, Will was such a, a good boy. He just wants to go home. Just let him go home. <laughs> I, I, I did I did appreciate that um, at the end of Alphabet Squadron when he's like, he's like, I just want to go home. But these assholes are going to blow themselves up if I don't stick around to take care of them. Yeah. I was like, you, well, you're probably right. <laughs> so, but you're um, also like 22. <laughs> he's a little baby. And... Uh, Oh, uh, another part where I would have wanted to see overlap is this whole like friggin fireball scene. Like I thought again, while I say reading, but I was listening to the audiobook uh, of Alphabet Squadron. It's like all of a sudden everything's on fire and Erica Quell gets on open comms and she's like, everyone, this is a rescue mission. I don't care what side you're on, but we got to save these people who are about to get burned alive. And so the t- you do see in the novel that the ties are helping to kind of blast the things that might explode next so that they can kind of control it's like a controlled burn situation they're going for and but you just you don't know what's going on beyond the fact that you see from the perspective of alphabet squadron that some of the ties are contributing to this effort so i thought before reading tie fighter that tie fighter would have covered that from their perspective and maybe see some of the internal uh, arguments over their comm channels being like, why are you helping them? Well, you know what? They're right. This is garbage. We need and seeing more of the nuance there. Yeah, 100% agree. That's. Do better, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, this, this was this was a rare miss. If you're going to call it a companion novel, it's got a companion a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing that did annoy me about this is that 
for the last half of Alphabet Squadron, Chasna Chaddock just keeps going on and on and on about Jyn Erso and how she wants to be like her. And so it's like, it's really obvious that Chasna Chaddock has kind of like a martyrdom death wish situation going on. But the author repeated this idea so often with basically the same words that I got kind of sick of it. Like, I'm like, okay, I get it. You really, really dig Jyn Erso. You like saw her one time and it really impacted you. And somehow you've got it into your head that you have to like essentially die in order for this to be the best outcome. And I'm going to need you to calm down. And I'm also going to need this writer to trust the reader a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Except that we're going to we're going to remember it, you know, at least after the second or third time. Here's my question, Brian. Since this since for Alphabet Squadron, at least it's supposed to be a trilogy, what could possibly happen? So my my hope, what I would want them to do would be for the entire second book to be from the perspective of Shadow Wing. Like the the first book was entirely from Alphabet Squadron's perspective. Now I want to see Shadow Wing for a book. And then the third book, we could kind of go back and forth. I like it. I could see it. Would Do you think that if done well, a companion comic would add to the sequel for this book or not? Nah? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, as as long as they actually interact in some way, like as long as they're touching on like different aspects of the same events or you know if 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 the, if the next comic is what gives us that you know that fireball scene from alphabet squadron or something i think that it could be great they just have to actually link them together somehow do it disney we know you're listening please <laughs> all right uh final thoughts on this crossover brian um yeah, wasted potential, man. It's, it's, I'm so bummed. Oh. Well, fret not, listeners, because it's only uphill from here. This was a small blip on what is a glorious cosmic expanse of adventure waiting for us. The next time on I Read Star Wars Comic Books, Episode 3, where we explore the comics talking about the Age of the Republic. Thank you for listening to the I Read Star Wars Comic Books podcast, presented by the I Read Comic Books podcast. This show was first aired on the IRCB Patreon at patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Special thanks to all you wonderful supporters out there. Without you, this show would not exist. Send us feedback about this show at ircbpodcast at gmail.com and check out our website, ircbpodcast.com, for our Discord, zines, and all things IRCB. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ircbpodcast. This show was produced by Brian Murray and Kara Zamborski, edited by Xander Riggs with Mike Rappin, executive producing. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.